You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. Hello and welcome to Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast with me, Matthew, and as always, I am joined with... Hello, it's Scott, and yeah, we are here today to um, hate more Chibnall stuff, yay! Maybe we'll love it, maybe we'll love it, Like, (laughs) like, I know I've watched the episode again, and I wasn't a huge fan of it as much, I definitely did not like it as much as I liked it the first time, but maybe watching it again and critiquing it scene by scene will make me love it even more i'm sure that will happen uh this week we are of course looking at fugitive of the jadoon the final stop in our chronological look through doctor who before we get to fucking brand new doctor who isn't that insane we're we are so close to New Who being here now. It doesn't feel real, and we still don't have a release date for November, and yep. <laughs> that's it's messing with our schedule because we don't know what to do, which is really fun. <laughs> Russell, please fix that. Um, also, I really, I really want it to be out because all of the the rumors and quote unquote story leaks mm-hmm. that keep happening are all atrocious. They're all really bad, and if any of them are true, I don't think I want to be a fan of Doctor Who anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I think I trust Russell enough to not do what the leaks are proposing. Yeah, no? yeah. Have have, yeah. have some faith, so. my friend. <laughs> I hope so, or I hope that they're like missing so much context that would make them good. You know, maybe it's mm. maybe it's just like boiled down and simplified to be to and presented and written in a way that it makes it sound not good when on TV it's actually entertaining. Who knows? I don't know. I just hope it's good. Uh, but this week we are, as I said, looking at Fugitive of the Jadoon, which aired on the twenty sixth of January two thousand and twenty. Great year. Was a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really uneventful year, I think. Which was a Sunday and somehow three years, eight months, and 17 days ago at the time of me writing this, which I think is like five days or so out of date. Uh, so like three years and eight months ago. Uh, the things that happened on this day. The 62nd Grammy Awards. Billie Eilish wins five Grammys, including album record and song of the year which is staggering to me because I don't think I've listened to a single one of her songs. I am you've, not in touch. I am not in touch with music. Uh, you, this you've is not heard the Bad day. Guy? Oh, I've heard The Hook. I've not heard the whole song. Right. I've heard The Hook. Um, I mean, I mean, the whole is... song is The Hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also the day that LA Lakers basketball legend Kobe, oh, Kobe Bryant yes. uh, dies in a helicopter crash in foggy conditions in the hills above uh, Calabasas, Southern California. Uh, he was considered one of the greatest players in the game's history. Uh, you know, I only knew him because of the memes, uh, mm-hmm, you know, the Kobe, when you, you throw something into a bin. Um <laughs> Which, I mean, that just kind of, I think, shows how much of a good basketball player he was when, like, his name is 
a meme to the point where someone like me who knows zero things about basketball is aware of who he is um you know and and he never got to see fugitive of the jadoon so equally sad um, i mean depends what time he go yeah, i guess that's true maybe the... he's yeah maybe 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 <laughs> maybe that's what caused it the helicopter crash uh, <laughs> yeah i remember uh, that vividly that's that's the that's yeah. the downfall that's that's when everything started going downhill in like 2020 first his death and then covid <laughs> yeah you know you yeah. started hearing more and more about covid it, it, surely it will never come here right Surely we'll no, never it's... be in lockdown or anything like that. Sure, no, surely. No, it's, it'll last like a day. It'll be like a, a day. It's just the cold. <laughs> uh, at at the time, uh, the U.S. president was one Donald Trump, yuck, uh-huh. and the U.K. prime minister was one Boris Johnson, also yuck. Isn't it nice that at least Boris Johnson is gone, basically forever. Um, Trump is still kicking about, but he's 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 like irrelevant. I don't like. I think it's just it's all fluster and noise. It's not going to actually build to anything. So, you know. I mean, that's, I mean, that's he's gone. He's gone. It's like an, a good it, time. It, you know, it's it's the same thing we said in 2016. Oh, it's all fluster and noise. It'll never come yeah. to anything. Holy shit! He got elected president. What the fuck? <laughs> but I think I think that the difference was like. That was like a time when he was mm. never president. We're now in a time where he was president, <laughs> and everybody was like, "Whoops," you know. And it, we've we, they they did the whoops. We're over the whoops. They're gonna have to do fluster. There'll be a big election, but he'll still lose. The fucking who gives a shit. The real important question, besides who was leading what world country at the time, is what was number one at the box office. That's oh, what really okay. matters. What movie was raking in all that money? Okay, so it's not Sonic that opens up in February because that's, that's the last yeah. time we covered a series. The high, one of the highest-grossing movies of the year. Yep, <laughs> one of the highest-grossing movies of the year. <laughs> it's not Birds of Prey because that's another week Ooh. off. And oh, I know Doolittle oh, came out around this time. Do, do remember Doolittle? Nobody, nobody, <laughs> Doolittle was bad. Nobody saw it. That, that's. <laughs> Uh, do little more like do little at the box office am i right <laughs> wow fuck shit you destroyed that movie from three years ago that no one remembers um doesn't he doesn't the movie end with uh robert downey jr he gets a big fart he gets a big fart he gets yeah, a big he fart sh- in his face yeah he yeah he shoves his hand up up a dragon anus to get a bagpipe mm-hmm. good sure. stuff yeah yeah <laughs> um God, I think that's all the movies I remember from 2020, to be honest with you. 2020 was a surprisingly decent enough year for movies, really. Um, for as little that came out, there was there were some bangers that did come out. I didn't see what was number one at the box office. I can give you some hints. It stars mm-hmm. Will Smith. Is it the movie where he's a bird? He's a spy bird? <laughs> oh, Christ, I forgot that was even a thing. No, it was not that. <laughs> okay. um, it, it's Will a Smith. sequel sequel hmm. will smith sequel god yeah. i can't think <laughs> it's it's an iconic series with a catchy theme song you, you gotta think what they're gonna uh, do it, what they're gonna it can't do be when men they in come black. for you no no oh, bad no. boys bad boys there you go <laughs> <laughs> 
Bad Boys for Life, uh, which is not a movie I've seen. The only Bad Boys movie I've seen is Bad Boys 2. Um, oh, I've only seen Bad Boys 1, so... <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, 2020 was an interesting year for movies. But the uh, thing that annoys me about ba- Bad Boys for Life is that should have been the title for a fourth movie. You know? Yeah. Turn that four and into four a four. should have been the number four. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And life should be spelt with a Y. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... The 2020 was an interesting year. In January, you had Rise of Skywalker uh, at the box office, followed shortly by 1917 and then Bad Boys for Life. Birds of Prey uh, took over after Bad Boys for Life for a week before Sonic came out. This was also the year we got The Invisible Man in theaters and Onward. Remember that Pixar movie? It's all right. Um, Yeah, it's fine. uh, (laughs) It was also Unhinged, the hit classic, The New Mutants, uh, Tenet, the Warren Grandpa, Honest Thief, a bunch of other crappy movies. The Crude sequel that nobody saw. <laughs> the you mean they made a sequel to the Crudes? Apparently that made a lot of money. Uh, and then Monster Hunter and Wonder Woman 1984. What a terrible year! And there's there's huge gaps uh, on Wikipedia here from March yep. until August because the box office was suspended due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. I don't know what that is. That doesn't sound real. Um, never heard of it before. Uh, <laughs> it is unhinged is... the movie where Russell Crowe is in a car and tries to murder people. Uh, it sounds amazing if it is. Unhinged movie. No, uh, maybe unhinged is yes, a movie. Yes, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Unhinged, unhinged is a 2020 American action thriller film directed by Derek Bort from a screenplay by Carl Ellsworth. Film stars Russell Crowe. Uh, it tells the story of a young woman who is terrorized by a seemingly mentally ill stranger following a road rage incident. Unhinged was theatrically released, blah, 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 blah. Interesting. I've never heard of that movie. Um, I just remember the trailer. <laughs> it's got a 48% in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's not too bad. For Russell Crowe makes it movie. for a compulsively watchable, watchable villain, but Unhinged lacks enough intelligence or depth to get sufficient mileage out of its pulpy premise. I don't know. 77% audience score, 48% critics, so it's it's like a mid-movie. You know, solid three out of stars on Letterboxd. That's what I would give it without watching it. Three stars. I'll just lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's all I've got for the On This Day segment. Uh, why don't you take us into what I'm sure is a very lengthy, well-detailed, and researched writer's corner for Fugitive <laughs> of the Jadoon. Uh, there's literally nothing to talk about this episode, I'm afraid. Uh, the reason why we're doing this is I usually try to pick the best ones of the bunch of each Doctor. And in this case, it just turns out to be this is the best one that we haven't covered yet. It was like... You know, we didn't want to cover Flux because Flux yeah. was so recent. You know, we did we did a bunch of episodes on Flux when it aired, so we want to give that at least some breathing time before we look at it again. And when Series Twelve was airing, we were talking about starting the podcast. We hadn't actually started it yet, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't remember. I think so. Um, uh, because we were definitely messaging about Doctor Who at this time, because like you, you went back and looked at our DMs for this episode, <laughs> and you're relatively positive. I'm much more positive about it than yep. you are. That's because I'm, I'm for forever wanting Chibnall to be better than he is. Uh, <laughs> 
so like that's why it's interesting to come back to it because this this in memory was a decent episode and i remember mm-hmm. like people being positive about it i'm actually uh while you continue reading i'm going to pull up the doctor who forum so i want to see what people thought yeah on imdb it has a 7.6 out of 10 which doesn't sound like a lot but in terms of like the jodie whittaker era i think that's the best one you know <laughs> like i think the best episode <laughs> has like an eight you know and we we did consider doing Power of the Doctor for a while, but it, we just did that last year. And I think our opinions would change in that episode as well. But again, I think it's better to have some breathing room on that story. So, yeah. Yeah, Fugitive of the Jadoon it is. <laughs> I still, I feel like Power of the Doctor was a fun episode. You know? Yeah, I, like, it is I fun. Yeah, like, I, like even when it aired, I wasn't like, this is the most compelling episode of Doctor Who ever. But it's like, this is silly and fun. And I like silly and fun. Um, especially because that's, like, the best that we can get with Jodie's stuff. <laughs> uh, hang on, I have to reset my password for um, oh, nice. the Doctor Who forums. I, I, I love yeah, having cool. to reset uh, passwords. I, you know, on IMDb, you get people saying... Finally, a piece of engaging, innovative, and intriguing storytelling after so many episodes of shouting at the screen and yelling at a series that had vanished, disappeared, and had gone, where everything that shined, sparkled, glittered, had been solid and unshone. Why is he writing poetry? I don't know. (laughs) Somebody else writes, This was massive. I didn't expect this episode to be that good and have so many surprises and twists. Wow, finally, Chibs. By the way, who else think this episode was secretly I got written it. by Moffat? I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. So, Fugitive of the Jadoon. Rate or review, good or bad. This is across... when This is when it aired. 2,000 votes on Gallifrey Base. It, it's a 1 to 10 scale. What do you think it scored? 1 to 10 scale, I would say... 8? 8? Uh, you would be wrong. It got a 9 out of 10, with 10 Jesus out of 10 Christ. in second place. 10 out of 10 was in second place. 8 was in third, uh, with 29% going for 9, 26% going for 10, and 21% going for 8. And then, uh, 7% for 7, and 5% for 1. Um, those those 5%, maybe they're feeling vindicated right now. Um, <laughs> that is interesting. Uh there, I want to I wanna try and find some interesting... Here's almost perfect. Some really great ideas and the long overdue return of Captain Jack. I really hope the payoff for the plotline is worth it, though. Chibnall has form for this. It would have been 10 out of 10, but minus one for the Sakaran companion speech at the end, which almost destroyed the atmosphere. Finally, a totally awesome episode. Bloody hell, that was hell, hell of a ride. What? Uh, Jesus Christ. That was every kind of awesome. Just when I thought the show was on its last legs, it gives us that. And that's the Doctor I want. Baffling and brilliant. Ten. The series is going from strength to strength. <laughs> the people were people were loving this episode. Uh, wow, a Chris Chibnall episode getting me excited for the arc and an exciting trolling of a certain section of the fan base. I really enjoyed this as an episode. The Chibnall era hitting those RTD marks way better than it ever has. But boy, my brain is racing at how much the twist doesn't make sense with what we know. But who cares? I'm intrigued. Let's keep going. Uh, so this is this is I like like a perfect capsule of before... <laughs> The timeless child reveal, I think, yeah. when everybody was coming up with their own theories and their own what's Chibnall planning, what's the whole idea here, um, and then when the timeless <laughs> child aired, and 
the turn happened you know mm. where it was oh wait it's bad and then flux although like i don't know there's always been a there's always been a loud vocal part of the jody era being like hey it's been bad since the start uh which which i kind of agree with at this point but like, <laughs> like, like i um, was part of this group i was part of this yeah. i i i was part of this like it's good i rated this nine out of ten as well at the time oh, did you? when i okay. was yeah i did yeah i was part of that vote i was part of that um, vote. yeah so i've got some of our our messages up when we talked about it on the 28th of january 2020 i guess you took a few days to actually watch this uh, you said <laughs> genuinely the best Jody episode ever. I said, I think it's in her top three. And you said, Nat <laughs> was flat out her best one. Yeah, I stand uh, by it. <laughs> 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 and and yeah, I, 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 one of my critiques was all the companions do is stand around, ask, um, ask some questions, get split up from the doctor. Get exposition delivered to them, then we deliver out exposition to the doctor. The end. And you're like, um, get all, get rid of all the companions except for Graham. You keep Graham. <laughs> <laughs> you really love Graham. I stand by that. I stand by that as well. He's the best one. Uh, before Dan came, Graham was the best one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it goes to show, like, how easy it is to excite Doctor Who fans. <laughs> like, you know, dangle like, ooh, here's maybe a twist happening, and we will gobble it up like the rabid people that we are, <laughs> and we will turn it, and we will turn it into something else, and we will come up with our own fan theories, and we'll excite ourselves about it. And, like this is one of the things that I said, like when Flux was coming out, and because I was so so annoyed <laughs> yeah. with the Timeless Child finale, and then when Flux was coming out, I was like, ah, oh, goddamn it, I'm excited again. You know, it's like I don't, I can't help myself. <laughs> like, oh I yeah. Always, um... <laughs> Every Doctor Who comes out, I'm like, yay! <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I encourage our listeners to go back to our review of the Halloween Apocalypse and just listen oh God, to how yeah. optimistic we were about the season that was ahead of us and then immediately follow it up with uh, whatever the last episode was called. <laughs> the last episode was called Doctor Who Flux Was Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just that's a contrast. That's such a contrast. Um, we were so optimistic, weren't we? <laughs> we were, which is, I don't know if it's jaded me, you know, because I'm really, I'm excited about the 60th anniversary, but there's a little voice in my head that's being like, no, it's going to be bad. Shut up. <laughs> don't get excited. Uh, uh, so you can't help I just... not get excited about Doctor Who. It's, it's impossible to not yeah. get excited. Um, so yeah. this episode was written by Chris Chibnall and uh, Vinay Patel. Uh, Vinay Patel is a British Indian screenwriter born in 1986. And prior to Doctor Who, he wrote the TV movie Murdered by My Father and, and, an, and an episode of The Good Karma Hospital. And um, he also wrote the episode that we were going to cover, we were thinking of covering this episode called The Demons of the Punjab, which was probably Jodie's second best episode just below the frankenstein episode i think such a great episode uh, i love that episode so much <clears throat> yeah demons of the punjab is good that's a fun episode rosa was up there as well but it has the uh time traveling yeah. nazi that does nothing um yeah but, yeah but you know thinking about demons of the punjab i think it's impossible for uh, two white men to talk about it without doing research really because <laughs> well, it's a subject could... i know nothing about uh, uh, excuse me i don't know i think 
two white guys living in the UK talking about India and Pakistan is is there's a historical precedent for that to that to happen. Like <laughs> Um so Vinay Patel is currently writing a Netflix show called One Day, which is based on the book that follows. Oh my god. Oh my god. No way. No way. I'm in that <laughs> on- show. Are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm in that yeah. show. I got cast in that show last summer. I, you will see me in that show. <laughs> okay, so it's based on the book that follows two protagonists on Saints Women's Day over twenty over twenty years period. That's interesting. That's wild. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when is it coming out? Because I guess it's I don't been a know. while since I, it was filmed. I, I I assume it's out next year. Um, because when they shot it in the summer. We were doing episode one, and I think it's like it's like eight episodes or something like that. But like it's throughout, as you said, across different time periods. And we were in the eighties, yeah. and they're also in different locations. So like they're all they were filming all around the world. Um, so big shoot. It was a very big shoot. Uh, but yeah, no, I should be. I unless they cut me, I am in episode one of that show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll keep my eye out. I guess. I guess. Uh, who watches one day coming to you yeah. soon? I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, he didn't. He doesn't seem to write much else aside from those t- few things. But you know, you know, Chris Chibnall. We know who Chris Chibnall is. We don't have to go into that either. Um, somebody, uh, the original story plan was one of the first planned for Jodie Whittaker era of Doctor Who, as far back as March 2016, apparently. And we don't know much about what this early version of a script would look like. It would have included scenes in a Spanish vineyard and a Zumba class, apparently, which <laughs> doesn't give us much information at all. <laughs> Just reminds no, me of fucking no. the two doctors. Not fucking the two doctors, but the two doctors <laughs> the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, later drafts of his story were co- uh, titled Semper Fidelis, uh, the motto of Exeter where it was originally set and Ruth would have been a ghost tour guide in her late 50s with a son to- called Tony who would be revealed as a future doctor and a member of her warrior squad, uh, respectively. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's an interesting... <laughs> a future version yeah. of the doctor was considered at some point, but I guess Chibnall changed his mind. <laughs> changed it to the to a past version instead of a future version. I, I don't know which uh, one I, I prefer. I think I prefer a future version, but uh, I, I don't know. The future version sets you up where it's like, will we ever see this doctor mm-hmm. on screen then? You know, and if you don't, then it's like, well, then when does this doctor happen? And then like, presumably they would just get big finish spinoffs, much like what has happened with the Fugitive Doctor. Uh, setting it as a past doctor, you get your whole uh, timeless child shenanigans. So I guess that that like, I guess that's the better of the two. I don't know. I mean, you know, I we know. are. It, it falls are... into it falls it falls into the next doctor problem, doesn't it? The episode, yeah. the next doctor. And we also already have a future version of the Doctor called the Valleyard, and also the Curator. So many future versions of the Doctor now. There's two Curators, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> the Valleyard oh. is like bet- between the twelfth and final regeneration. So, who knows when that's set? <laughs> There's too many Doctors, dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we might be getting more if you believe the rumors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that's a pretty lengthy intro. Do you want to talk about a fugitive of the Jadoon? 
<laughs> Not particularly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, let us begin breaking down this episode, shall we? God damn. Hi. Struggling with this. Can you just... No, I can't. Not right now. No time. Just stand there and don't ask questions. Sorry you got caught up in all this, but if Gat is half the operative she used to be, she's already figured out where we are, and we need to be ready, and we're not. Stop. Who's Gat? And who are you, really? Truly? I told you, love, I'm the doctor. You can't be. Yeah, why's that? Because I'm the doctor. You have got to be kidding me. Really? Yes, really. Since when? Since forever. And how did I end up like that? All rainbows and trousers that don't reach. What? No. How did I end up like you? You don't. You're in my future, not the other way around. I've never been anything like you. Trust me, I'd remember, especially that shirt. So would I if I'd ever been you, which I haven't. What? That's not possible. Unless it is. But what would that mean? Doesn't it make sense. Stop doing that. Same brain. The episode begins as most Jody episodes do up until I think <laughs> Flux without a cold open and just straight into the credits, which is sad. It fills me with sadness still. Mm -hmm. Like... It, like for me and like i love the cold open because it gets me excited and engaged with the episode when the episode just starts with the relatively boring intro credits for jody's era i'm just i'm, I'm like checked out immediately you know um yeah, it's no fun like, it's no fun yeah, I, how, how yeah i feel like the episode should just start uh, uh with ruth you know ruth going around yeah. and then all of a sudden the judoon come and then it's cold intro it's it's the intro yeah. you know you don't need yeah. and also just don't show the doctor immediately like we do in this episode <laughs> yeah yeah there's there, there's make ma um, make us think we're watching the wrong show or something you know because this, this opening feels like we're watching the wrong show but it doesn't work because we have the intro immediately yeah yeah it's uh, that's uh, it's just a problem that jody's era had throughout most of it until Chibnall decided to arbitrarily change his mind when Flux came about and he was like actually I like cold opens now um I just I don't know I feel like not having a cold open like summarizes so much that's wrong with the Chibnall era you know it's just off there's just something not mm. quite right about it um and this is one of those things I mean, most of the time, I honestly don't give a shit about a cold open, but this is one of the rare episodes no. I'm thinking, hey, this episode kind of needs a cold open, because <laughs> it just it I, feels wrong. I bet if you went back and watched every episode <laughs> of Jody's run, you'd be like, oh, this could be the cold open. Oh, this could yeah. be the cold open. Oh, yeah, because oh, we did the, the same thing <laughs> with the Frankenstein episode. Like, it, it opens up with the intro, and then it yeah. should have opened up with a cold, in cold open where... Jody and everyone is knocking on the door and they're like, hey, hello, we're here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, we, I think we said the same thing that episode. Probably, probably. We're, we just repeat the same points over and over again. But this episode <laughs> opens up into its first scene with this Lady Ruth having her breakfast. Uh, we first see her watch, which you so keenly pointed out, has a little TARDIS light as the time adjuster. It's got TARDIS blue. Um, yeah. And it's also box the, shaped. The thing. It's yes, it's also yeah, box it's, shaped it's like a TARDIS. 
um, which is some fantastically cute foreshadowing <laughs> that I absolutely did not pick up on the first time I watched this episode. It's so wonderfully <laughs> subtle. Uh, and there's a few yeah. more little subtle bits of set design in this episode where it's like, oh, you did that perfectly, perfectly, until mm-hmm. they absolutely screw the ball at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'm I'm watching it, and I haven't seen anybody else comment on the fact that it looks like Vitardis at all, or the hexagon mirror that the roof looks into later yeah. on, because it obviously uh, Jody's Vitardis has... Is Jody's TARDIS is Hexagon City, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I have never seen anyone comment it on this to the point where I'm like, "Am I just crazy? Am I just seeing things?" No, yeah, <laughs> it no, feels I see like it. something that it. people it's... would talk about. <laughs> True, but like, I don't know if anybody picked up on it at the time because everybody yeah. was so flabbergasted at the twist, and nobody went back to go through the episode in in great detail that I was following anyway. And nobody Mm -hmm. online in like the wider like Twitter space or things like that were really talking about it. Everybody was just talking about that reveal and what it could mean. And then after the Timeless Child aired, I don't think anybody wants to revisit this episode. So I don't think anybody's (laughs) ever thought about this episode again since it came out. Um, But it's a really cute little detail that I think deserves to be pointed out because it's, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. It's such a wonderful little piece of design and thought that went into establishing that this is the Doctor, even without us knowing it. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah. And Mafi, do you want to know another cute little detail? So we quickly find out that Ruth is celebrating her birthday in this episode. I'm not sure if it's mentioned in the episode itself or it's stated somewhere else, but apparently it's her 44th birthday. This episode aired 44 years and two days after... The brain of Morbius, where we found out about well, we, it's hinted at where we, where um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Doctor the has passed doctors. incarnations. So her forty fourth birthday coincides with the brain of Morbius. Coincidence or? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I I feel like that's a hard thing to make happen on purpose. Um, yes, <laughs> you know, but it could also be a thing that they realized what the air date was, and then they went, "Ooh, let's go back and make it her forty fourth birthday instead of her fifty second yeah. <laughs> or something." But, you know, because like you can just make that number whatever. So like they could have retroactively made mm-hmm. it on purpose, um, which is cool if they did, because that's another really fun little detail. Um, that's cute. That is cute. Uh, but we discover Ruth has got a boyfriend slash husband slash partner guy who's a little bit suspicious in a definitely subtle way. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then see Ruth on her day to day, and she's like a ball of of positivity, high fiving people and mm-hmm. being all happy. And I hate Talking her. What an awful person! Uh, yeah, uh, and she we find out she's also a tour guide, but not a very successful one, as nobody wants to hear anything she has to say, except for one lady who's like, "Go on, tell me something." about this building then and then ruth tells her something about the building and she's like ah that was boring and then she's like and also harry (laughs) potter and the lady's like oh and then chibnall's like and that's commentary on how society is now uh yeah we were just yeah we were just talking about this an awful lot of uh weird harry potter references in chibnall episodes because the next episode captain jack appears in uh jodie whittaker reads harry potter aloud to herself and it feels weird because 2020, we were ju- we were just beginning to be aware that something was off about J.K. Rowling. I know? feel like I feel like we knew for years before <laughs> 2020. Like, yeah. I feel like she had been openly transphobic since at least 2016, 2017. Mm. Like I like I had, oh, yeah, I, I, I like you know I 
I feel like I feel like everybody knew not that that JK was a bit yeah, yeah especially well, when they referenced it in the episode mm-hmm. I was like what are we doing why are we talking about JK Rowling still like, yeah from from what I remember about it in 2020 she she was only at the stage of mildly hinting at it you know she wasn't explicitly uh, transphobic at that point but yeah she was de- we de- definitely knew something was up um and also yeah, yeah uh, Ruth is a tour guide in Gloucester which is another funny name in England <laughs> So many funny names in England. <laughs> give I'll give Chibnall one credit. He took Doctor Who out of London, which was yes. nice. Not every alien invasion happens in London. They still all happen in England, but they're not all in London. So, mm. you know, to step in the right direction. <laughs> Have a fucking season set in Aberdeen. How great would that be? And actually film uh, it in well, Aberdeen, not Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, film it in Aberdeen. That way we can try and get jobs on the set uh, <laughs> um but the, ruth then goes into a cafe where she meets absolutely no contest the worst character that chibnall has ever written this dude sucks what's the name of the conspiracy guy in the episode rose again oh christ i thought his um, name was craig but that's the name of james corden's character Oh, um, what um, Auton episode conspiracy man? Conspiracy man. Doctor Who. Let's. Oh, Clive. Clive yeah, Finch. Close. I can't believe that actually got me a result. <laughs> Amazing. Clive Finch. Um, but you know, um, this, this feels like it's supposed to be a Clive type character, but Clive felt so real compared to this guy, who's just a cartoon character. And it's just nothing to this guy. He's a creep. He's such yes. a creep. He's he's like Ruth comes in to get like food or coffee or something, and he's like, "You should leave your boyfriend and like go out with me and stuff like that." And then later in the episode, he like actively makes a cake, saying like, "Leave mm-hmm. your partner." I, I, like like this dude's running a business. How is he in business still? Why is Ruth giving him business? Why is she coming back to this dude? Like, what is <sighs> this entire? person is so toxically awful like Mm. i don't understand how they exist in this world around these other people and are still functioning like it's they're a a terrible character uh and i i don't want to like say bad things about the actor or the performer either he's working with what he's got but not good performance in this episode either from him um it's bad it's just a stinky character yeah, the, it around. goes for yeah. The, the performance is too like pantomime. I would say it doesn't feel yeah. like it's a real character in this universe. Like you know, Clyde felt like a real character. He had a wife and child, yeah. and he yeah. didn't he get murdered. He got murdered. <laughs> was he so does. Sad. He gets shot right in front of them. He gets shot in he, front of his wife and yeah, child by an auto, yeah, and then we never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> and and he feels so bad for Clive. Well, this guy dies, and you're like. Okay. What's the point of our character, man? Honestly, when he died, I was happy. I was happy that he died. I was like, thank God this guy's gone. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like him. Uh, we then also randomly cut to space real quick, uh, where we see a giant spaceship, and on board the spaceship, the Jadoon, because this episode's called Fugitive of the Jadoon, so we've got to see the Jadoon. Uh, and they fire a big laser, and then one of the Jadoon takes off their helmet and just stares into the camera for a bit. Um... <laughs> I don't 
you were like you were like what's the point of this scene and i was like ah it's whatever but then like they do do this jadoon reveal um yep, yep. <laughs> later on in the episode in like a few scenes time so it really does have the question of what's the point of this reveal like <laughs> yeah it feels yeah. like they were, they were just trying to pad the episode maybe it only came in at like 14 minutes and they're like oh shit we have to film 10 more minutes of scenes um let's reuse <laughs> this ship over here and just have a jadoon talk to each other you know <laughs> there's nothing to yeah. this scene <laughs> there really isn't there is nothing to the scene and speaking of scenes that have nothing in them we then cut finally into the tardis <laughs> where we see jody just kind of flicking at her console looking kind of out of it and we see all three companions doing what they do best <laughs> sitting down silently um and, and like they start talking and jody's like oh how long have you been there and they say 20 minutes and so for 20 minutes they were they were presumably like either in their bedrooms in the TARDIS or they got picked up by Jodie because they're in the TARDIS somehow mm-hmm. um, and they just instead of standing up and going around the console and being fun and laughing they all sat down on the stairs and were like let's just look at Jodie for 20 minutes mm-hmm. silent yeah that's you know, my problem like, with the Jodie Whittaker era everything inside of a TARDIS the relationship between the Doctor and the companions just feels so lifeless you know like yeah. and you know the companions are so in the dark right what's going on with the Doctor this entire season it feels like it's just there's no connection between the Doctor and her fam this is the first time the Doctor calls the companions family basically <laughs> and there's no connection Christ. with anyone <laughs> No, there's not. So and, and, like weird. I think back to, I think back to um, the uh, like Journey's End and stuff like that, where we see all of the companions around the TARDIS mm-hmm. console helping out. You know, yes. and it's like, oh my god, I love you guys. Like we're a big like happy togetherness. Like why did Jodie not have that with these people? Like she's got enough people they could mm-hmm. she could teach them like how to flick a little bit on the, the TARDIS or like yes. how to press down a button, you know, or like play some inspiring music if you're Graham or something, you know, like like you could work together. And she says it's a very flat team structure. We we are all in this together. We all work together and things like that. But they don't. They sit down and they stare at Jodie while she does everything. Mm-hmm. Like there there's no there's nothing there. And you could have had a really charming chemistry with this many companions, which is too many companions even captain jack's like yikes but like, you know you could have done something interesting with it and they just do nothing i don't think there's too many companions to be honest with you because if you go back to like an absolute well, like think Boomtown, i think if you if you go back to Boomtown, you have captain jack mickey and rose and the banter yeah. and the chemistry between all four of these characters are insane and they all have something to do inside of the episode and there's relationship moments and there's yeah. so much great content between four of these characters in this episode and i think i think to... when i say there's too many companions there's too many companions for chibnall to write mm. like like you know he's he's he i think across the three companions they have the personality of one person <laughs> yeah. vaguely yeah um, that's the yeah. issue <laughs> the, the, the personality is someone who asks questions what you yeah, do over there doctor <laughs> what's going on uh, <laughs> uh and the jody's like i'm really upset i'm thinking about the master and what he showed me uh and they're like what did he show you doctor and she's like nothing shut up it's personal but then we see that she, <laughs> that gallifrey was destroyed again which i 
I've, I've spoken about many times yes. on this podcast. I spoke about it when, like roughly like not long after it happened. I spoke about just just constantly. I hate it. I hate that they destroyed Gallifrey again so much. Um, and My problem I hate is they did nothing with it. I don't hate it. I just don't care about it. You know, I don't care about Gallifrey. It was that's why effective. I hate it. Yeah, it was effective that's... when they killed off Gallifrey in like seasons one to eight no one to seven you know yeah and then it was effective when capaldi went out to look for gallifrey and that's all you need to do with gallifrey just leave it alone for a little bit you don't need to go back to it just just leave gallifrey alone for a bit but you know destroying it again maybe throw in a yeah maybe throw in a time lord every now and then to be like oh yeah they're still cooking about lol (laughs) but yeah destroying it again is it's it's the laziest option it's mm-hmm. the lamest option. It's the least inspiring option. It's the option that takes away so much character development and puts the Doctor back to what they were like in Series 1. Where they're like, oh, all my people are dead. I'm so alone and I'm so angry. You know? Like, it's yeah. it's it's years of development just gone because it's like, ah, I don't like the Time Lords, though. Yeah, 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 and there's even a Time Lord inside of this episode, you know, with um, yeah. the lady who's looking for Ruth, you know? And she's boring. She's really boring. <laughs> and it, which, which is a shame, because that actress is great in the Umbrella Academy. She's so fun in that show, and she has oh, nothing to do her here. Face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, Yaz keeps on asking questions like, is that where you go? Are you out looking for him? Where do you go? All in the span of like four sentences. <laughs> it's it's she, concurrent. It's back to back the same question. Yeah. <laughs> like why? Um, you, like did the editor not think, hey, this is yeah, it's asking the same questions four different times. Do we really need that, Chibnall? <laughs> so it's like um, yeah, because it it, it shows yeah, how how upset she is, how mu- how hard she's trying to find the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I just don't care about anything going on in the TARDIS. There's nothing interesting going on with the Companions. At least in Series 11, the Companions. I guess um, Ryan and Graham had the whole... Ryan and Graham where, are good in Series 11, yeah. yeah. And they have nothing to do in this season. <laughs> like, when yeah. they get written out of the Dalek episode, I, I just don't care. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. I just don't care about anyone in this season. I... I... Yeah, series twelve is is the beginning of the bad. Like series eleven is like, oh, maybe this isn't going to be great, but there's some gems in it. And then series twelve, it's like, I... no, we're going downhill. And then flux, it explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I still stand by. I like series eleven. It's on the same level as like series two or eight, where it's good enough. You know, it's good enough. It's an average season. Every episode is decent enough. There's no that issue, really terrible issue... episode. Uh, yes, there is the Battle of Ranskor of Kolos. True, is a really terrible ep- like, <laughs> especially terrible as a final. Episode. Yeah, as, yeah, it just so happens to be the final, so it leaves a really bad taste in your mouth mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, where you're like, "Oh, I can't believe that's how it ended." What was that about? You know? Although I, I, um, I consider the New Year's Day special to be the final because it only aired like three weeks later, so it counts as <laughs> the final in my eyes. <laughs> and Resolution is the best New Year's special. It's a it genuinely is. good episode. It's so um, good. Yeah, uh, but the Jody like this this conversation about like what are you thinking about? Why don't you communicate with us? Uh, goes nowhere and gets quickly interrupted by the Jadun firing a big laser onto the Earth to create a sphere or like a like a like a what's the word I'm looking for here? 
a, a force field so that's it like around yeah. um gloucester and she's like oh if i do the flip flab with the dip dab i'll be able to get into that field and so she gets into the field no bother it's not really a big deal don't worry about it um <laughs> like, you she know, couldn't just go back in time to before <laughs> the field landed no that'd be crazy uh, <laughs> you know if this was russell t davis there would be scenes of like news reports being like there's there's some sort of force field in the sky we don't really know what's going on to make everything feel so much bigger than it is whereas you know it's just a tiny little city that's been affected and it it just feels so claustrophobic this episode i feel like there's nothing really Uh, going on (laughs) the issue is uh, like every episode of jody's feels claustrophobic mainly because of how it's shot um like and and, and, which is like it's a double-edged sword because these are better cameras than they've had before they're Mm -hmm. very they have a very deep depth of field you know so like everything is really sharp but the backgrounds are all really blurry and when series 11 first aired and like that first episode came out uh the woman who fell to earth uh i was like holy crap this show looks amazing now like because it like the it felt yeah. cinematic suddenly and i was like wow the 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 upgrade in the cameras and the lighting is done it's really good it's really cool and then every shot is medium close-up mm-hmm. for ev- everything everything is a medium close-up and it's like why why are we not getting any wide shots why why is everybody nobody feels like they're standing in the same room either you know mm-hmm. it's it's it, it becomes boring to look at boring to watch and feel small um which is just it's why it's one of the reasons why i'm hyped for the 60th big wide shots wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also just the future of the show in general with the disney budget it's not that much Mm. you know it's not the 10 million that was reported but it's significant it's going to be significant for the show to feel bigger and that's what the show needs to be like you know the doctor explores space and time there's so much to explore and yet, Jodie's era is mostly on Earth, and mostly in, like, one-shots, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but we then get some fun shots of the Jadoon teleporting down into what I assume are various landmarks of Gloucester. I've mm-hmm. never been... Um, it, it reminds me of... It reminds me of War of the Sontarans where the mm. Sontarans end up at teleporting to Earth and there's like one of them standing next to the Beetle statue or one of them in the chocolate shop. <laughs> Remember yeah. that? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Chocolate. What an iconic <laughs> moment. Um, God, that made me so angry. Like... <laughs> um but like the jadoon are scanning people and Mm -hmm. stamping them and um ruth is is like freaking out about it and she's with some really annoying old lady uh who's like oh you can't do this and they shoot her knitting needles out of her hands because they were sharp weapons and they're like hey we'll pay you back for that don't worry about it um but she's like no you can't scan me i'm gonna run away you're a scary rhino guy because the Jadoon take off the helmet to reveal that they are rhinos yet again, in case we yes. didn't catch that. Um, don't, but don't worry, if you miss this, the show will remind you about it again. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the lady runs away, and she runs just down the street, and she hits the barrier to the force field and dissolves. But yeah. the, very clearly, the town continues on in front of her. Like, very clearly, there is more houses, more streets, and more everything in front of her. So is everybody <laughs> beyond that point dead? 
because yeah, so, the force field is is just this tight mm, around the castle. <laughs> that, yeah, does the force field only work if you aren't stamped? So if the old lady doesn't get stamped, so she runs away and runs into the force field, so she's dead. But if anybody else ran into that force field, they get through because they're stamped. Is that how it works? But every, but, but that, why, in, how is, in the background, that, people are running around after they get stamped. Yeah, but how? Why is the force field not surrounding the entire town? I don't. Why is it? Know. <laughs> why is it only surrounding this little area? You know, why is why is it only that little area? So if you run out of the area, you just die. Yeah, these are questions I didn't think about because the first time, well, the first two times I watched this, I actually watched this episode one and a half times because I could not sit through an entire sitting of this episode because it's just so dull. The first time I watched it, I had to watch it twice in two, in two halves, and and I just mm. watched it again this morning, and I'm like, I've had enough of this episode. It's just going nowhere. It's just spinning its wheels. But yeah, the first time I watched, well, second, the first two times I watched this episode, I just thought that Jadun shot her because it doesn't make sense for the force field to be there. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, with it there. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, she very clearly runs into a force field. Um, and then they scan Ruth and they're like, oh, you're a human. And they mark her hand, which is some fun bit of us as an audience to put us to stop us guessing that, oh, maybe mm-hmm. she's the alien when we've just been told, no, she is in fact human. So the idea that she could possibly be an alien, let alone the doctor, is just nowhere near your brain at this point. Which is, again, some very fun bit of writing. Um, I think they do a good job hiding the Ruth stuff. They do a really bad job with the red herring of her boyfriend, though. Where it's like, oh, yeah. oh this guy, I'm, I'm totally innocent. As he's, like, looking his eyes left and right like a fucking cartoon, you know? <laughs> I, I do wonder uh, if there's a point where we were supposed to think the old lady was the monster because if you remember the first time we meet the Jadun, like the, the it was a, episode, yeah, but, yeah, it was a creepy vampire lady who sucks with blood from a straw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she was she was a was great a character. Episode. Bring her back. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying character. Like it's such a kid. It's such a goofy concept, and it worked so well in that episode. Oh yeah, some rhino men teleport a hospital to the moon, and there's a lady <laughs> sucking blood for a straw. A straw, yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. That's what Doctor <laughs> Who should be. Uh, <laughs> uh, then boyfriend man is talking to Alan, and he gets a really bad cake, and then he just kind of leaves when he discovers that there's aliens going about. Um, yeah, and the cake. The is, doctor the... shows up. Yeah, the cake reads "You can do better," which became yeah. a big meme. People referring to Chibnall, "You can do better, Chibnall," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, and the, well, yeah, the doctor like... conveniently shows up in the kitchen of his cafe where she's supposed to be because uh, she can't discover parts of the plot for herself. She has to be led through by sheer coincidences. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I like. What I like is everybody goes out running through the door, like uh, Jody, Ryan, and Yaz. They go out the door like, oh, we've got to go find these Jadoons. But Graham gets immediately distracted by the cakes. And he's like, oh, look at these cakes. Nice. I'll have one of these. And then he looks at the cake that says you can do better. He says, that's the worst cake I've ever seen. With just so much like <laughs> compassion and comedy to the man that made the cake. And then he vanishes. He just gets teleported away by Captain Jack. 
and it's perfect. It's the perfect Graham scene. I love him. He's a great companion. Like, do you do you think his actions here are why Captain Jack gets confused? Does Captain Jack see this? Because if you remember the Saints of Bell Johns. No, the Bells of St. John's. <laughs> uh, the first episode where Clara was reintroduced. Uh, the Doctor gets mm-hmm. distracted by Cake in the same way. <laughs> you know, in the, in the cafe. <laughs> I, d- I do wonder yeah, if Captain yeah. Jack was confused by this. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Possibly. Um, uh, then we get some like panicked stuff between um ruth and her boyfriend where they're like oh my god did you see the rhinos by the way there's rhinos here rhino people Um, and if you aren't if you aren't aware by rhino they are rhinos um just before that the the space rhinos come into the cafe and and the man running the cafe is like oh my god space rhinos (laughs) like yeah why why do we need Uh, the same why why do we need to know it's space rhinos Within a minute, twice within a minute. It's just in case you in case you're confused as to where they came from. You're like, oh my god, where, why are those regular rhinos in costumes and walking on two legs? Oh, they're from space. <laughs> now I get it. Like, um, like there's so many lines in the Chibnall era which feel like they're meant for big finish. You know, like later on yeah. when uh, Jody and the Fugitive Doctor are getting transported by the Jadoon. You have to have the fugitive doctor be like, "Oh my God, we're getting transported by the Jadoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of of um, telling and not showing. That that's an issue that Chibnall's era ran into a lot as well, where it's they they just and this is one of the issues we had as well with like the master's monologues and stuff, mm. where it's you're telling us all of this stuff, but you're not you're not actually showing us this and this is a visual medium like you have characters being like oh this is happening right now this is what's going on right now look at this thing that's happening right now but they're not you like you're not doing any visual storytelling like we can see that this is a rhino man we don't need to be told that this is a rhino mm-hmm. man you know um, and also just the amount of questions that get asked in this episode take a shot for each question and you'd probably die <laughs> you know <laughs> so many questions <laughs> Oh, there's a lot going on. Um, also, the the cake man Alan, um, one of one of the Jadoon like knocks over some coffees and stuff, picking up his dossier, and he's like, "Oi, you shouldn't do that!" And then he pushes the giant space rhino that's got a laser gun, um, yeah. <laughs> which is the dumbest thing for a character to do, I think, possible. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets shot and died, which is a really great way of writing off this character because he sucks and adds nothing to the episode except, I guess, point the Jadoon towards the boyfriend guy, even though they would find him anyway by just searching for him because they need to scan every human that's in the town. So I guess he just sped up their process a little bit because the Jadoon's process of scanning people seems extremely random. It's just the first Mm -hmm. person they can grab. They can grab someone awesome, I'll scan you. There's no no coordination to it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and that's another problem with the Chibnall era. Sometimes characters just exist to continue the plot. Oh yeah, you have to go this way. Like when in Flux, when they had to go up the mountain to meet the old hermit man, and the yeah. hermit man is like, oh yeah, go fetch your dog. That's that's what you need to do. You need to find the dog. <laughs> uh, the old man that that um, 
dies on Gallifrey, so Jodie can. No, I was, I was, uh, no, I'm talking about. A different no, no, I'm talking about a different. I'm talking about a different character. <laughs> yeah. A different old man. Like his his whole existence was so that Jodie didn't have to die on Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. He was there to oh, be yeah. like, oh, I'll do it instead. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chibnall had two series finals in a row where an old hermit <laughs> helped the yeah. Doctor and the companions. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, God. Great stuff. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> then we get the scene with Ruth and um, her boyfriend where it's like, oh my God, aliens are here. Then we get a, another really boring scene of mm-hmm. Jodie meeting the Jadoon out of nowhere. She just, she knows that they're going to be outside this house for some reason. Um, I, yeah, because um, I guess the Lee pointed the them. Guy. Yeah. 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 Lee pointed. Yeah, I mean, oh, here's my dossier. Go to this house, and you'll meet the man. That's suspicious. And again, again, it's just pointing out where the characters need to go. There's no urgency in the episode because they just seem to teleport from place to place. Basically, <laughs> like there's no yeah. sense of urgency at all in this episode. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird, and it is not good. Um, but this is also a scene where, for the briefest of moments. Um, and it's not a thing that happens often in this era of Doctor Who, and when it did happen, like, it lit off a spark inside my heart where I was filled with such overwhelming joy, I couldn't really contain myself, but, uh, in this scene, Yaz remembers that she's a police <laughs> officer. Um, Actually, no, she has to be pointed out. She gets told, she gets told yeah. that she's a police <laughs> officer, yeah, yeah, Jodie's like, isn't that right, Yaz? And Yaz is like, oh yeah, of course that's right, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, it, and it ta- yeah, it takes a minute and a half for her to jump yeah. in in a scene where Jodie's basically like, oh yeah, um, remember the law that says you can't be on Earth? And then the Jodie yeah. and her are like, oh my god, there's a law? And... <laughs> And yeah, yeah, it feels like yeah, I should have jumped in there, you know, use some, t- use some barble garble to <laughs> tell the Jadoon to fuck off. And it's so Yaz, weird. Yaz being a cop is such, like, it was such a big meme when she was a companion <laughs> because they never did anything with it. Yes, and the few times they did stuff with it, they did nothing still mm-hmm. it was just yaz being like actually i'm a police officer and then she wouldn't do anything about an- anything else um she would <laughs> just say that <laughs> i think she literally says in this episode i'm a police officer as if she's like discovering that fact um <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah because there's so much they could do with her as a police officer she could help calm down victims of an attack or whatever or investigate clues and ask leading questions and stuff like that but we don't do anything with her it's so weird (laughs) like we we, we did more we did more with the fact that bernard cribbins was a cop in that doctor who movie (laughs) 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 like like a police officer stumbling on a telephone box police telephone box was genius for that movie (laughs) it's never been done on the show it's weird (laughs) Well, it's been done now. It's just, you know, Yaz didn't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. This this scene is just shot reverse shot, and yeah, it's so there's boring. hardly any shot of the Doctor and the Jadoon standing together. Like it was supposed to be like a side shot. I feel like there's hardly Maybe... any shots of the Jodie standing next to the companions. <laughs> Jodie's shot by herself, and the companions yeah. are shot together away from the Doctor. It's like, there's like one wide shot where it's like, oh, you guys are standing like four feet apart for some reason. You know, mm-hmm. I, like... 
It's yeah, it's, it's 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 ridiculous. This feels like it was shot for COVID, like six months before <laughs> COVID does. was even it a does. thing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's yeah, so it's weird. got that flux feel, you know, flux where it's yeah. like you guys weren't in the same room. This was shot on a green screen. This is shot for shot. You're separate. <laughs> You're not looking at each other right now. Um, and and the thing about flux is the thing about flux is I remember Chibnall saying, "Oh yeah, we had to split up the companions and the doctor so much because of uh, shooting under COVID restrictions." But he did it all the time in series 12 anyway who cares <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it's not a covid restriction it's just you writing it, doctor who it it literally happens all the time in this episode and jodie yeah. does not care like like in this scene she's like what happened to graham and um ryan's like i don't know he's usually behind us and i just assumed he was still behind <laughs> us and then and also, they're like, oh, I guess he's not. And then they move on. They don't go like, oh, we need to find Graham now. They just move <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> and, and also, like, the teleportation effect is almost the same as the Jadun kill effect. Like, the companions yeah. could have been killed this entire time. And the Doctor doesn't even consider it for a moment. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. But hey, do, do you like all that chemistry the Doctor and Yaz have together? I, you can feel the romantic tension in the air. I hope they do something <laughs> about that at some point in this show. You know, it's just those two should really get together. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, then the first big reveal <clears throat> of the episode happens, and I remember being extremely excited when it happened. Um, it was a really, really cool twist. Uh, I really when Captain Jack appears, and I remember most of the Doctor Who fandom being really excited when this happened. This was, of course, very, very shortly before uh, the allegations about Mister. Um, oh my God, what's his name? John. John, 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 yeah, John Barman. John Barman. <laughs> John Barman. Uh, I had it. I knew it. Um, yeah, I this was like a syllables. year, a year before. Yeah, because I, I remember watching the New Year's Day special, not knowing about the allegations yeah. either. When when did Noel Clark? Yeah, April twenty twenty one was when Noel Clark got accused or whatever. So yeah, John Barman yeah. wasn't far behind. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, which sucks. It's yucky. Um, I think he's good in this episode for what little he has to do. Uh, it's nice to see Captain Jack back. He's got, like, he's he doesn't have much to do. He's just there being like, I thought you were the doctor. Where's the doctor? Oh, you're not the doctor? Ah, oh, someone's got to give this message to the doctor. Okay, bye. Uh, like, that's his entire point in this episode. It's completely, it's a, it's a, it's a cameo for the sake of having a cameo. Oh, God, honestly. Yeah um but yeah at the time i was like oh yay captain jack clap 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 because <laughs> it was exciting because i didn't expect it to come and it was a genuinely fun twist that gets thrown in to an episode that already has a mental twist so like that it already brings your excitement levels up you know i think this is one of the reasons why so many people were so positive about this episode when it came out is because it's like oh my god one of my favorite characters here oh my god what this completely changes everything you're you're spent the entire time going oh my god what uh and you're so baffled you trick yourself into thinking it's good uh, <laughs> oh yeah that's one of the reasons why the jaduna in this episode in the first place chris oh my god says, yeah 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 chris Chibnall says that we're basically there to hype up the fans because you know, when he got the Jadoon and then Jack, you think there's no more twists to come. 
But, you know, I, I I had a feeling this was coming because, like, two days before this episode aired, John Barman on Twitter was like, hmm, you should watch Doctor Who this weekend. No reason. Why? <laughs> Just winky face. <laughs> it was it was so obvious. I, I don't know if you picked up on that or, or were you I told didn't follow John Barman on I didn't follow John Barman on Twitter, so I was completely Ugh. surprised. Um, I did not see. I did not know it was coming. I didn't have it spoiled for me. I was just big ball of happy energy. Oh my god, Captain Jack is back! And you know um, when when he when he got asked by Chibnall uh, when he was interviewed about it, he was like, "Oh wow, at least some people respect the fact that I was Captain Jack. At least some people respect the character." Just basically throwing Moffat under a bus because Moffat didn't want. Captain Jack to come back. There's no reason why he would want Captain Jack to come back. Like, like Moffat, what Moffat tried to do, like, I understand why Moffat didn't want Jack back. One, like, there's nothing really else to do with the character. Once we find out, like, oh, you're the face of Bo, you're this immortal dude, you've gone on and had your adventures. Mm. What else, what else can we really do with oh, you? Yes. You've had your arc. Um, and then Moffat also wanted to make the show his own thing. Like, you, were, like, you didn't really see that many returning Doctor Who villains, besides, like, Daleks and Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Even they got updated into Moffat's own designs from the Russell T. Davis era. Um, and, you know, he tried to be like, this is now my show, it's my own thing. So I totally get why he wouldn't want a character that Russell T. Davis came up with to come back in a major way. Um... And then Chibnall was like, screw that. Russell T. Davis era is the only thing that's getting people to watch. So let's bring them all back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you say um, Moffat didn't... uh, Moffat thought the character arc for Captain Jack was over. I feel the same way because, you know, you haven't seen it yet, but Torchwood Series 3 is a perfect bow on top of the Captain Jack storyline. Bow? They never... (laughs) Bo? Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't think anyone ever figures out what to do with Captain Jack after Series 3 of Torchwood. I'm looking forward to cover Series 3 of Torchwood next year with you because Ooh. you don't know what you don't know what it is. I'm excited for you. Fucking, so I have never great. seen anything from it. So, um, <laughs> I need to incredible. I need to catch up and watch Series 1. I need to watch Series 1 and 2 of Torchwood first. Yeah, um, you I'll, have I'll get, until next done. July. You have until next July. I'll wait till June. I will wait till June. Um, Uh, But uh, yeah, all all the Captain Jack scenes were directed by Jamie Magnus Stone, who didn't direct the episode as a a whole, so shot separately with a different director. Uh, Barrowman actually faked a house renovation in Cardiff to make it a secret because he would keep bumping into fans in public. And he wound up tweeting fans for advice on new paint colours, etc. to keep up the ruse. <laughs> but, but he realised people would then get suspicious if he actually didn't get a renovation. So he got a re- renovation in the end. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and in Doctor that's, Who magazine, he was credited as Roy Lester, which is an anagram of Rose Tyler. So that's fun. <laughs> mm, that is fun, yeah. Um, but this scene is relatively pointless. It's just him being like, "Oh my God, Graham, you're the Doctor, right?" And Graham's like, "Nope, I'm not." And then he's like, oh, yeah. "Okay." Uh, Every <laughs> scene with Captain Jack in this episode is pointless. And then yeah. you're like, "Yeah, but he's gonna come back next year in the New Year's Day special." I bet and then he does nothing then. that either. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, because when he's get he he's he's tied up with three companions, and they all stand around and ask questions. As as the royal yeah. companions in the in the Chibnall era, <laughs> uh. God, I, I that the New Year special and series twelve resolution, not resolution, revolution. 
yeah. Revolution of the Daleks. Revolution is fucking atrocious. Absolutely a <sighs> dismal episode. Um, yeah, I was so yeah. looking forward to Revolution of the Daleks, especially after Resolution. Resolution. Uh, we should have done Resolution. You want to stop this yeah, episode resolution. and just do Resolution? <laughs> we'll just go back. We'll just, let's watch Resolution instead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Resolution is much better than this episode, for sure. It's got some fun body horror stuff. This has just got oh, horror, yes. because what you're watching is so bad. Um, <laughs> you're scared. Uh, <laughs> uh, the episode continues as Jodie approaches the flat to Ruth and companion dude's place, and she's like, hey, you've got to tell me if you're an alien or not, because the Juduna are going to come and get you in X amount of time. And then she scans them, and she's like, wait but you're both human. It says so on my sonic screwdriver that I guess can scan people now. Don't worry about that. Uh, and they're like, oh, also, I don't know what's going on. Here's the thing about the sonic screwdriver. Every time the, a doctor uses the sonic screwdriver, they look at the sonic screwdriver as if there's some sort of screen or something that's telling them the information <laughs> they need to know. Like, how are they? Like, is it some sort I, of hologram I... that only the doctor can see or something? Maybe, or maybe it's like, like the lights flicker in a certain way, you know, when you hold it and it like, it's like a Morse code type thing. Uh, but mm. it, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like the Sonic, you know, it's just, it's just a dynamic <laughs> movement. That's all it is. <laughs> These are the kind of questions I ask when there's nothing in this scene that I can <laughs> latch on to because this scene starts off with the doctor being like, Oh yeah, everything you just watched in the last minute needs to be re re exposed to you. Yeah, I need to tell you, know? you. Yeah, I need to tell you everything that happened again. Um, I mean, if you like, the only information we find out in this scene is that the guy that Ruth is with it breeds as human as well. That's the only information that we actually kind of get in this little bit here. <laughs> yeah, um, and we get a very very brief but fun scene, I guess, with Captain Jack finding mm. out that the Doctor's a woman now. Uh, where he's just got the biggest grin on his face because of it, and it is like he's he's having fun with what little yeah. stuff he has to do in this episode. It's nice to see. It is. It's fun to watch. It's all right. Um, but again, it just goes back to the just the character caricature of what Jack has turned into because. Uh, we we just paused for like five minutes for as Matthew went for a drink and I decided to watch the final scene of Torchwood. Well, one of the final scenes of Torchwood, Children of Earth, where Captain Jack does this massive thing that has big consequences. And every time I see Captain Jack after this, I'm like, but you, you just did that thing. That's huge. And it's never really addressed. And it's it, it, like, it's such a huge thing that happens in Children of Earth. That feels like it should be it feels weird to go back to the jokey uh, innuendo filled Captain Jack it's really weird and also mm. Cap Captain Jack does look visibly older here it's it's kind of distracting but I guess you could say oh yeah Captain Jack uh, has aged a thousand years or whatever so it's, it's, I guess yeah, it's not too yeah. distracting <laughs> I mean the man's going to turn into a giant face so. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, then we cut back to Jody and the Dune throw a speaker through the window that is, like, counting down, and I guess it's supposed to be funny? And, like, at the end of the countdown of the timer, because they're still talking, like, it doesn't explode or anything, it's, like, it starts reading terms and conditions in the background, which I guess is some comedy that's happening, some Jadoon-based comedy. Um, I hate it. I, I don't understand what's why it's there. Um, and, um, I, yeah, they found, they found a box... 
in in the house in the bedroom somewhere. And then mm-hmm. the, uh, the box is something that I don't know. I don't even know. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it, the, uh, the box is something they can track the Time Lords, I guess. And but yeah, it's a piece of it's it's a piece of like their TARDIS or like you know it's like a memento yeah. that's not from this planet that allows them to find them. Um, yeah, but they, also, they did, this is... that, that, that little plot detail doesn't need to be there because but Jadun only found Lee because. Uh, the fucking cafe guy was like, "Oh yeah, Lee is an alien." Yeah, but it's like <laughs> it's like, how did they know to check this one random town? You know. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um, and uh, this is also the scene where Yaz goes, "Wait, I'm a police officer," and <laughs> decides that she, her, and Ryan will be able to um distract or postpone the Jadoon or do something to calm them down or something mm. um but it doesn't super matter because they go out to the jadoon and they're like okay you guys can go inside now and then they get teleported away up to see captain jack and that's where they yeah. remain for the rest of the episode uh <laughs> <laughs> and you know this entire time because um the doctor's like okay me- well i well meet us back where we're going because um lee's like oh yeah we have to go to the cathedral is where the next location is and yeah uh yaz and ryan are like yeah we'll meet you back there and the doctor doesn't wait at the and cathedral. Like, yeah, they yeah. could have easily just been killed by the Jadun, and the doctor doesn't even consider it for a moment. Because... I don't even think. Yeah, I don't even think there's a moment in the episode, like when they're at the lighthouse, where the doctor's like, "I wonder what happened to Raz and Yai," and I'm kind of worried about that. Like, <laughs> Raz? she's just she's so. She, Yaz, Discord must have must have filtered me there, um, but they're uh, they're so like she's so caught up in her own yeah. stuff that she does not care. Uh, about the companions at all, which is what you want in a leading character. You want them to be really <laughs> selfish and mean, and to to never develop beyond that. You know, mm-hmm. I think yeah. there, there's not enough genocide. I think you need a sprinkle of genocide <laughs> in there. Uh, oh, yeah, Jody was secretly actually Jody was secretly happy at the thought of maybe her companion being killed. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's another yeah. thing about the Jodie Whittaker era. She goes on a lot of journeys where she finds out more about herself, and it's always separated from the companions. And she never really tells the companions what's going on, or anything like that. At the end of this episode, she's like, "Oh yeah, I met myself." That's all that we really get between the two of them. Like, <laughs> it feels like the companions should be on on the discovery with her as well, but they ne- never are. And it just feels, yeah, again, there's just no relationship between the companions and the Doctor. It's so strange. Yeah, um, and uh, boyfriend guy. They when they go at the back, he sends off a text that will be slightly important later on. Um, before getting interrupted by the Jadoon that come to arrest him. Uh, Yaz and Ryan show up to see Captain Jack, and he's like, "Whoops, I still didn't get the doctor. My bad. Oh, gee whiz." Um, it's, it's pointless. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we meet Time Lord Lady. Uh, who. It's a fun performance, a solid actor, mm-hmm. boring character, not much to do. She's yeah. just like, I'm going to track down the doctor. Uh, sh- don't tell anybody it's the doctor. <laughs> and I'm also going to shoot this companion guy with this gun now. And now he's dead. Aren't you sad that this random dude is dead <laughs> that did nothing and contributed zero things and that you didn't care about? Mm. Yeah, this actor is a good presence and she's doing the best she can with absolutely nothing. Like, there's no sense of character to this other than, I need to find the doctor. That's all she has to her. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it sucks. Uh, then in the the cathedral, um, uh, Ruth looks at her text and it's like, go to the lighthouse, basically. Um, and they walk through this big cathedral before just inexplicably being surrounded by Jadun, um, which yeah. I guess tracked her. And they're like, actually, we're here for Ruth. And Ruth the entire time is just staring um like nonchalantly like oh yeah you're here for me like she's already the doctor at this point even though she hasn't got her memories back but like, she just says it's instinct even though that doesn't super make sense why didn't uh, like why was this instinct where was this instinct before but i guess thinking about the lighthouse is triggered i'm trying to make sense of garbage here it doesn't matter um but she she karate flips a bunch of the rhinos uh space rhinos sorry uh, i need to clarify they're from space um <laughs> and, uh yeah which and is it's it, yeah, which is something we've just seen Peter Capaldi do. In, we did. Um, yeah, we just saw it. And yeah, it's also a reference to the third doctor doing his karate there. Um, I was going to say something. Even when, you know, David Tennant was using the power of the watch to disguise himself as human in human nature, he was still able to do doctory things. Like when he threw a tennis ball to save a baby from the fallen piano which is ridiculous yeah <laughs> he was he was still able to do that because i guess the doctor is still in there somewhere to keep people safe or whatever but so i, I guess sure. that's why is it still a, is this the same technology i guess it's just not the watch yeah it's, this it's time. no it's locked up in a fire alarm but it's the <laughs> same basic idea where it's yeah. you know you take you get rid of the time lord by using the machine and you turn yourself into a human or whatever for a bit. Um, but she she beats up all of the rhino dudes and uh, nothing happens. And she's like, oh, that was weird, wasn't it? And the issue, again, like watching this the first time, this was a cool scene. This was a, mm -hmm. oh my God, what what's happening? But because I know what happens and I know it goes nowhere. and Or I know yeah. the place that it goes is just <laughs> atrocious. Like, I don't... I do not care about what's happening because I'm like, oh, God, yeah, this is happening again. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, remember this reveal. Remember how excited I was and remember how disappointed I became. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it's 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 just reliving that disappointment and it, it makes revisiting this episode so sad because it was it was a time of hope. You know, it was a time of joy. <laughs> it was a time of excitement, which which they had so, so quickly dashed away from you. Um, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. I had the same problem with Pandorica Opens, which we covered last month, where the entire episode is just spinning its wheels until the twist, the big reveal. Except with the Pandorica Opens, you get a payoff immediately the next week. With yeah. this episode, you're what you're you're just watching it again, and you're just waiting for the wheels to spin, and then you're reminded, yeah this reveal doesn't really matter it doesn't really go anywhere we don't really see the fugitive doctor again apart from like just brief little cameos like in at the end of series 12 she's like in the doctor's mind palace or whatever um she's like a flashback scene in she's like flux in flux she's like a flashback slash the doctor's swapping bodies with her at times and it was yeah but like, even uh, even in flux it's mostly jody we see jo we see, mostly see jody yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then in power wow. of the doctor she's just a hologram so we never really see the the fugitive doctor again which like no, it, like after i mean after the series airs uh chris chibnall's like yeah i don't have plans to bring back the fugitive doctor at all and it's like What's the point of bringing in this incarnation 
of a fugitive doctor and not really doing anything with her other than oh yeah there's the secret incarnation of the doctor because we've already done this we've done this in 2013 with john hurt uh, so, yeah, he had a character doctor. arc <laughs> he had yeah. such a great <laughs> character arc so you can't I mean, really oh just... God, it's 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 straight like it's Gallifrey's destroyed again, and also the War Doctor's back. <laughs> you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's just rehashing stuff we've yeah. already done. That is, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and, and yeah, but you can't just rely on the fact that oh my God, the audience will be shocked. There's a secret incarnation of the Doctor that came before, because we already done this. You know, like yeah. Uh, like, we were God, shocked. We were so excited about what this could mean. And then, like, even in um, in Flux, we were excited. Because, um, fucking, whoever, Swarm, the villain Swarm, in the first episode, was like, oh, I am your oldest enemy, Doctor. Because yeah. I go way back to when you were a fugitive Doctor. And we were so excited by that. Because the potential of the Doctor and the fugitive Doctor teaming up, maybe... I mean, it just goes yeah. nowhere. <laughs> you know, a villain that knows the Doctor better than she knows herself. And yes. then it, it goes, it, yeah, it goes Ugh. nowhere. They do nothing with it. Um, but hey, they had that dude there. What was his name? He had the Amazon mask. The mask you can buy on Amazon for £20. Pound. Oh, yeah. Um, um, the prin- uh, prisoner? Uh, the, the, no. No, passenger. 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 Yeah. The passenger. <laughs> yes. And he eats, he eats the flux. He gobbles it up. Yeah, he um, ate. He ate the flux after the flux ate most of the galaxy. But don't worry. God, about that. just just remembering. <laughs> I'm just remembering how that scene actually looks. Like that. Like uh, visually, uh, that scene is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, then we get a scene with Captain Jack where he's like, "Oh, I have to go now because of reasons." So I'm going to go now after not doing anything. Tell the doctor to beware of the lone Cyberman, which is referencing the haunting of Villa Diodati, which yes. is one, two, three episodes away and sets up the final uh, for this se- series mm. um, in a really ham-fisted way. Yes. Because Captain Jack doesn't play into that, that, that finale at all. He doesn't mm-hmm. show up till the New Year special. He has nothing to do with the Lone Cyberman, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, um, so, like, yeah, that leads the question. How did Captain Jack get this information? Maybe he got it from the future. Like, is this a future... Inc- is this from the future? Is this Captain Jack from the future after saving the Doctor from prison? And the Doctor's like, oh, thank you maybe. so much for warning me about the Cyberman. And he's <laughs> like, oh, know. yeah, that thing I'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... That's the only way I can think of it, because I I don't understand how Captain Jack gets this information, or why he has to pass it on to the Doctor, because in the haunting of Villa Diodati, it's not really important. Like, the Doctor gives the Cyberman what it wants, and the companions are like, but Doctor, don't give the Cyberman what it wants, because remember what Captain Jack says... Don't they? Do they even? Isn't that the episode where they reveal what Captain Jack said? Like, no, do I think they it's wait the end of this episode. three episodes? It's the, at the, the end, end of this, this episode. They okay, sit around with Tardis yeah. and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because of Jesus course we Christ. do. But yeah, it um, plays nothing into it because the Doctor just gives it to the anyway, and it's like, yeah, that's obviously a bad move. You don't need the doc- uh, You don't need Captain Jack to tell you 
to not give a Cyberman what it wants. It's not. It's inconsep. It's inconsep. It's not needed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, speak. <laughs> then, no, clearly. Then we get a scene where Jody is really dumb. You know where she's like. Wait a, wait, a, wait a minute. Are you telling me there's a scene where a thirteen doctor <laughs> does something really dumb? But it's not like she doesn't do anything dumb. It's she doesn't connect two very obvious dots when yes. she's like, Oh, Ruth, it's like you've got some sort of secret identity. Like something's cloaking who you really are. Like something's hidden away what you are, who you are. Like someone's hiding that from you. And she doesn't click together like, Oh, maybe it's this thing that I did when I was hiding and I hid my identity. Maybe you're using the same technology. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that you're a Time Lord, because as far as I'm aware, all the Time Lords are dead again. Even though, technically speaking, the Master, as far as I'm aware, never locked mm -hmm. Gallifrey into another time bubble, so there could be countless Time Lords that are in their TARDISes escaping yeah. Gallifrey when he's turning everyone into Cybermen, so really the Time Lords could come back and it's no real big I mean, deal. also, the, t so the Time Lords... <laughs> it's, the Time Lords fucking time travel, so even if they died on Gallifrey, they can still be yeah, from the past. Yeah. Like, this, this yeah. lady... It, this lady hunting the fugitive doctor is from the past and presumably a time lord so it fucking doesn't yeah. matter does it <laughs> no um but jody does not put those dots together that's too hard to do um and she's just like let's go check out this lighthouse the lighthouse will be cool and so they get into a lovely red car and they check out the lighthouse <laughs> um and it's god this episode's almost over at least like <laughs> And what has happened so far? Just a bunch of questions. <laughs> Literally, yeah, just, uh, we're looking for an alien. Why? Uh, we're not going to tell you that. Who's the alien? Well, we're not going to tell you that yet, but it's this lady. Oh, cool. Who's this lady? Oh, don't worry. <laughs> you'll find out. Captain Jack's here. That's the whole episode. Yeah, Captain Jack is literally just ha dangling a bunch of keys in front of the audience. Look, we've got, we got Captain Jack back. Oh, my God. Woo. Be happy. Woo. The episode continues as uh, the Doctor and Ruth uh, end up in the lighthouse, and they're like, oh my god, there's the Green Goblin, um, but they quickly get rid of him. Um, you can put that together. You can get there. That's, that's <laughs> not that hard to get together. You oh, okay, yeah, together. okay. The, the lighthouse movie, the lighthouse. Okay. Because, <laughs> like... <laughs> because, um... when you say the Green Goblin, I'm thinking of like the split personality kind of thing, but also goes no, I along... mean literally the Green Goblin. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a whole scene in Spider-Man One where he's talking to him with the mask, and I'm thinking about yeah. being like a parallel with where Roof kind of discovering herself and. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she attacks New York City. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see her butt as she's gliding around. <laughs> uh, the doctor, like, leaves Ruth to explore the house as she goes around scanning stuff, and, uh, like, the doctor's like, oh, there's something weird going on. Why would you leave a gravestone blank? And she's, like, looking at the, the grave of what she presumes to be Ruth's parents. Mm -hmm. And then she just starts, she's like, oh, she didn't write down beloved mum and dad here. I'm going to dig up their grave. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I guess that's just par for the course for Jodie's doctor, really, morally speaking. <laughs> um, Ruth, otherwise, she gets called towards the fire alarm, which is whispering to her much like the stopwatch whispers to David Tennant when it's like, you're the doctor. We'll and also um, uh, when it whispers to Yana, which is, which is 
my favorite scene of that episode, Utopia. Just just every yeah. time he looks oh, at yeah, the yeah, watch, yeah. there's some light whispering. Oh, there's some great shots in this episode, by the way, where Jodie Whittaker is on top of the lighthouse, and you get mm-hmm. a drone shot of it going around the lighthouse. It's, it's like it's really hard to not make this look pretty because it is a stunning location. It's it a could good easily, location. It could yeah. easily be from an episode of Broadchurch. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good location. It's a good day as well. The weather's very nice, so it's all oh, it's yeah. all very bright and blue. Um, probably shot in twenty nineteen summer, I would imagine. Uh, then Jody digs up the grave really fast. It's a really shallow grave for the TARDIS that's buried for some reason, um, and it's revealed that it is a TARDIS. It's a police box, which makes Jody very confused and makes all of us at home even more <laughs> confused. Um, because yeah. it, it doesn't make sense and this, is, this was a complaint this was like the major complaint uh when this episode aired which is a really funny looking back that this was the thing that people were complaining about you know with with what's to come but they were complaining like how did this how does the tardis look like a police box that doesn't make sense uh with yeah. the timeline that they set up and it doesn't make sense because they didn't think about it <laughs> yeah yeah this this is one of those things that you know when you're doing a story where the doctor uncovers information about her past, you have to keep it vague enough because the show is still called Doctor Who and Chivnall reveals too much. But here he's not revealing a key bit of information because we need to know why it looks like a place box because if we are led to, we are led to believe that this incarnation of the Doctor is before the William Hartnell Doctor, so it shouldn't yeah. look like a place box. Why would it look like a place box in modern? I guess uh, she landed the ship a while back, so maybe nineteen ninety nine. I think she said so. It definitely there wouldn't look like a place box. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if she landed in nineteen ninety nine, does that mean the Roof Doctor ages in real time? So she started off as like a ooh, 23 year old. And uh, then she that's gr- a good question. <laughs> because when you, when you make yourself human using that machine, you do make uh. yourself entirely human. You get one yeah. heart. So, so presumably, yeah, you would age as well. Because that was the whole big thing in the family of blood, isn't it? As the doctor, uh-huh. you know, John Smith wanted to age and become an old man and raise kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And we, we, we see that life he would live. So, yeah, she would have aged 20-odd years um, since, Wait, since... Yeah. Sorry, I, I just went on a tangent there. But, yeah, the TARDIS is something that feels like it should be explained. Because otherwise, it just feels like a massive gaping plot hole. <laughs> like, why does it yeah. look like a police box? And this is something that the comic, uh, the Fugitive Doctor comic, kind of explains... Kind of. <laughs> um, so uh, this is from Warped Factor, who kind of describe what happens in the comics. Why is the fugitive Doctor Tardis shaped like a 1960s place box? Easy. In the comics, she arrives there in 1962, and uh, the Tardis assumed that the big, uh, the big blue box formed there. Uh, from there, it's easy easy to assume that at some later point, when the Time Lords or Taktiyun removed the Doctor's memory of her past, the police box TARDIS was reset to a cylindrical base shape of all native TARDISes, oh. and Clara Oswald would eventually uh, leave the Hartnell Doctor to it. Uh, <laughs> no. So, yeah, maybe it just, like, I'm on Earth. The TARDIS is just like, yeah, I'm on Earth. I really like that blue box form. 
And every time I'm on Earth, I'm going to use it because I, I just feel sexy in it, you know? <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> I hate that so much. Um, that's really dumb. <laughs> but I, it's, it's, like, it's like the only plausible ex- explanation. Yeah, it, it, it's, like, it's, it's <laughs> the only way it could possibly make sense, but I do hate it. And... I, I, I think, I guess the issue that they ran into with the episode is how do we communicate that this is the TARDIS without Jodie going ah. inside it straight away? What if, and... the light, what, what if the lighthouse was the TARDIS and Jodie's exploring the lighthouse? She opens and the door. Keeps going. And holy and there's shit, the command, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's a control, the control ship. Center. Yeah. Like, how perfect would that be? <laughs> it's like a the lighthouse being the TARDIS honestly makes way more sense. That is, that's genuinely a much better idea. Um, Although, can does the chameleon circuit allow it to be that big? Because, like, when we saw the chameleon circuit get fixed in that episode we covered fucking forever ago, like, it's, it's everything stays roughly the same size. It maybe gets a bit smaller when it turns into, like, a cabinet and stuff like that, but... I mean, it, it like, turned into a it house. It never turns into... Did it turn into a house? Remember in, well, at the end of this season, the Doctor gets... With- one of the TARDISes from Gallifrey. Oh, I get. I guess yeah. also like also the Doctor turned like got a, a, a diner and gave it to Clara. So yeah, yeah screw yeah. it. Make it the lighthouse. The lighthouse makes way more sense. <laughs> that would have been a cool reveal. You're right, but I guess they I... also wanted the Doctor away from yeah, like hearing the transformation of Ruth into the fugitive Doctor. But you know, but... she could be deep into the TARDIS and not just yeah. here. You know, <laughs> like the TARDIS. Yeah, she, she like be... like there's like a floorboard. She's like a floorboard yeah. that's like cracked. She opens up and it leads to some stairs, and she keeps going down, down and yeah. down. It gets deeper and more deeper than she'd ever think it could possibly go. And then there's a set of doors. These doors look vaguely familiar. This feels strange. Opens up. Oh my god, it's the interior of a TARDIS. What? Like that, yeah, that's a way better reveal. You are correct. That is a yeah. much better reveal. Now I'm angry that it's not the reveal. Like... And you know, and you know, the idea of an alien spaceship um, turning into a lighthouse and also having shape-shifting aliens was what my my parents are aliens did in its final season, where at the end of... It's kind of a scrub situation where the show kind of ended and... Most of the characters, most of the kid characters, went away in that show. It's about um, these foster kids who get adopted by parent, uh, adopted by aliens. And at the end of season eight, I think it was funnily enough, the same season where Scrubs tried to end their show. Uh, they say <laughs> goodbye to all the characters, and then CITV, which was the channel that ran the show, was like, "We need another season." So at the at the beginning of season nine, they wind up at like a beach town. Uh, they space they crash land on Earth yet again. <laughs> they get their memories erased of all the last eight seasons for some reason, which was terrible. I hated that. And then yeah. the spaceship turns into a lighthouse, and that's where season nine happens. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good show. We should cover it. It's vaguely adjacent to Doctor Who, kind of. <laughs> Never. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like Lighthouse Tardis. Hashtag Lighthouse Tardis. Give yeah, it to us, Chibnall. Retroactively go back and edit this episode. <laughs> George, George Lucas said. Um, so yeah, yeah the, we obviously find out here that Ruth is the fugitive doctor. And as we kind of discussed earlier on, it wasn't planned. Uh, Chibnall had no intention for another doctor twist. Um, this is him speaking here. Uh, we had a story and Vinay and I were talking about a story. And then I just called him up one day and said, you know the story. What if that's the doctor? And he sort of sat and looked at me like, what? And so he was the first person to know. 
And the moment we started talking about it, and we worked really closely together on a really great way, it was irresistible. It was something that came about in conversations. I was thinking more towards the final, and then it became, well, there are some thoughts that once you have them, they become irresistible. And then Shipnell added that you're tuning into the absolute complete misdirect to keep the new Doctor a secret. So this is just a last minute addition and it feels like a last minute addition because... It feels like they changed the entire episode. What yes. was this episode without the Doctor or the Jadu? <laughs> like... <laughs> yes, that's, what, that's my problem. Captain, just Jack like... kidnaps, <laughs> Captain Jack kidnaps the companion, says the Cybermen are coming, <laughs> then the credits roll. Like... <laughs> yeah, like it, it, Chris Chibnall just hijacked this episode. I really want to see if your original draft but from the sounds of it um before the doctor was planned they were trying to set up more towards the final and then obviously he gets the idea of the fugitive doctor which never really comes back obviously because as we talked about the fugitive doctor doesn't really get an arc and (laughs) the fugitive doctor is just kind of dropped (laughs) the fugitive doctor sets up the final i guess in a vague like because the timeless child like ending is like you've lived so many lives you're a weird alien freak woo and like (laughs) this is like this is this is proof that the doctor lived lives that they don't know about you know that this is that like oh my god what, what i'm seeing is true but it's also it's spoiling that reveal before the final episode yeah you know, uh, so I yeah. don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then when he get to be rev- like between after this episode, Chris Chibnall was like clearing the air a little bit, and he was like, "Yeah, that's definitely a previous incarnation of the Doctor," which kind of removes so much of the mystery here because a lot of fans were still speculating it could be a future Doctor or something. But Chris Chibnall kind of ruined his own final because. The final revealed that the Doctor has had many previous lives, which yeah. we kind of already knew from Chris Chibnall yeah, revealing yeah. that it's a prior Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, yeah, I, I am curious as to what this episode is before Chibnall yes. gets this idea. That is because it it surely it's just a different episode of Doctor Who completely. Uh, <laughs> I presume it would still be an alien fugitive and just them being hunted by a different alien species and the Doctor trying to help out, which is basically the same idea, but <laughs> it removes all of the tension, all the twists. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's for the better. Uh, but the they teleport into the Fugitive Doctor's TARDIS uh, somehow, and... I really like this interior TARDIS. It's very classic Who, which I guess is the signifier that this is a past version of the Doctor because Mm -hmm. this is before they got the budget for the 2005 show to make their TARDIS interior. Oh, yeah. I never fear you you was going around at this time, but it was. This must be a Season 6B Doctor. If you don't know the Season 6B Doctor, it's basically... Uh, between the end of the war games and the start of Spearhead from Space, the Time Lords send the second Doctor on exile. He's like, uh, they send them, to d- they send the Doctor to do different missions. And the theory that was going around at this time was the second Doctor regenerates into Roof, which is why the, the division is all part of it. You know, the t- going on different missions and all that. Which feels like it would have been such a better twist. I, I don't know about you. I Yeah, I guess so. But also, I, I guess, like, the one thing that stops someone wanting to do that is if you've only watched brand new Doctor Who and you're only familiar of Classic Who retroactively, mm. 
you, like you would have no idea what it means when someone says season six B. Yeah, you'd be okay. like, "What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about?" And like that—that that it just complicate. Like it's way more easy for an audience to digest. Oh, this is before the first Doctor, mm-hmm. rather than oh, before the second and the third Doctor, there was another second Doctor. He went off and he did a bunch of stuff secretly. Shh, don't tell anybody. And uh, then he regenerated into a bunch of other Doctors. By the way, uh, like, <laughs> you know, we kind of introduced um, the War Doctor in the same way, where a lot of people think yeah. the War Doctor was the first Doctor. They think the show started with yeah. Gallifrey being destroyed in the first place. Like that's something I saw on Reddit and I shared with you that one time. Like, yeah, but like people, like there's, 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 there's no accounting for idiocy. But like <laughs> the majority of people understand where the War Doctor takes place in the timeline mm-hmm. of Doctor Who. I think they explain that very clearly because they explicitly show you. <laughs> oh, but you know some fans, you know, and Chibnall especially are like. Tribunals especially, like these fans won't understand what's going on. So I need this line yeah. when the, the when the fugitive when the Jadun are transporting the TARDIS onto the ship. I need a line where a fugitive doctor says that. <laughs> I need it explain oh. explicit detail, even though every it, fucking idiot would understand what's going on. <laughs> it is. It is hilarious when we see the tractor beam pick up the TARDIS and pull it up into the sky and then overdubbed we hear the fugitive doctor be like oh my god the Jadun have a tractor beam on us and they're taking us into their ship as we're watching that happen and it is (laughs) it's atrocious it's really bad (laughs) like Like, why is Chibnall writing audio description for the blind inside of the episode itself (laughs) he's just inclusive he's an inclusive guy i appreciate that really um but this is also where the two doctors confirm that yes you are the doctor it's basically just a back and forth of assuring us the audience that what we're Mm -hmm. seeing is true and we're not being lied to right now this is 100 percent the doctor and we need to just accept that and move on which i I think surprisingly a lot of people did like there I don't think there was that much pushback on the fugitive doctor and I think it just really speaks to the performance I don't remember the actor's name the lady that plays uh, the fugitive doctor Joe Martin Joe Martin that's it yeah like the performance Joe Martin gives yeah. like she's incredible as the doctor I love her oh, yeah. entire vibe like her attitude her her comedy her outfit is spectacular as the doctor um <laughs> and I I think it just like that really like people believed that she was the doctor immediately they're like oh my god yeah that's insane that's crazy i want to know more about you and we're just sad that we never do except she's got that dog best friend she's best friends with the dog man (laughs) best friends with the dog man he's poisoned in his brain and 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 if he talks about being best friends with the doctor he will die i guess but he's Um, also best friends with dan genetically or something yes i, I saw like... the fan art i saw the art <laughs> <laughs> you remember what after flux aired and john bishop broadcast yeah. furry fan art on national love television it. i love it i love it so much <laughs> of his evil character dad is real evil dad is real <laughs> uh, but going back to the fugitive doctor's outfit i really love that it's like an edwardian kind of costume but underneath that is just loud colors like the doctor yeah. always usually has not the I guess the sixth doctor was the first one to have really loud colors but <laughs> such yeah. a great touch and you know Joe Martin was really proud of herself for being doctor who she was like 
there's a, there's a quote somewhere where she's like, finally, a lot of black geeks come up to me and they're just so happy about their, the fact that they are being represented as the Doctor. Like, that's something she was really proud of. And it's a shame she only gets, like, mm, like 15 minutes total screen time as like the Doctor. <laughs> Wait, yeah. yeah. She's got the audio dramas coming, at least. I'm sure they're going to be yeah. great. Hopefully. You know, big finish. Big, uh, yeah, uh, big finish tend to do well. And will the audio dramas explore any questions that we still have about the Fugitive Doctor, about no. why no. <laughs> it looks like no. a police box, and or will no. it end up being I'll, like the comic... <laughs> I yeah. though I mean like it is big finish they do do really obscure questions like that you know they do yeah. they do they do grab onto things where it's like that doesn't make sense let's run with it um, yeah, so like, they might like, actually yeah. explain it like big finish are doing a audio series about uh, the season 6b stuff which I I yeah. need to listen to I want to after we do the war games next year I will probably listen to them I'm looking forward to that <laughs> yeah um inside the Jadoon ship uh, we come face to face with the other Time Lord lady, um, whose character name I don't know. What's the name of this um, Time Lord lady? Gaz Gat. Gaz Gat. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's Gat. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Uh, but this entire this this entire conversation they have is again just explaining that Jodie is the doctor and also mm-hmm. ruth is the doctor and how could that be oh my god the timelines blah 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 that conversation we've heard <coughs> 10 million times yeah this, this i'm really bored this time like, <laughs> and you know we saw this scene before in the next doctor where this cybermen are going up against um david morrissey and the David Tennant's like, but scan me too, scan me. I am also the Doctor. It's the same scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same episode basically. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Jodie also tells this Time Lord lady Gat that all the all the Time Lords are dead. By the way, Gallifrey's destroyed. So what you're doing right now is pointless, and you should instead be like a good guy and focusing on bigger, wider issues. Like how do we save Gallifrey? Because this is a this is a terrible thing. And that lady's like, "Wow, that's you're so right." And then she dies because she fires a gun that backfires on her on herself and kills her. And we never hear nor speak of this lady again. So, ten out of ten. Mm-hmm good stuff you could have had something really interesting here you know like some political intrigue about why they would want gallifrey to be restored or anything like that you know like give us some gallifrey political stuff like that'd be great like you know just anything that gives us some interest in what gallifrey is at this point like i just don't care and also you could have had a good recurring villain with an actor but you mm-hmm. kill her off after she stands about and just does nothing. <laughs> does nothing. Um, and then Ruth tells all the, the Jadun to go away, and they do go away, and that's that problem solved. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then she goes off on her merry adventures, and Jodie goes back to the TARDIS very depressed, um, sitting down. And well, I mean, she she goes back to, to uh, mm-hmm. um, Gloucester for five seconds to meet up with... <laughs> um, Yaz and Ryan, and they're like, yeah. "We're not dead, by the way." And she's like, "I didn't. I wait. Were you guys not with me the whole time? Whoops." Uh, and I mean, then they Yaz, go back to the target. No, like, Yaz and Ryan are like, "Yeah, we just got a message from Captain Jack," and then yeah. we cut to the TARDIS where Graham is delivering the message. Where Graham is, I presume the cafe again. But 
why don't Yaz and Ryan tell the Doctor this important information on the walk to the TARDIS? We it's got just really we have awkward. A, we have a mess. We have a message for you, Doctor, from the <laughs> Captain Jack. But Graham really wants to tell you. So, <laughs> and then and then they just walk to it. They walk to the cafe yeah. and then walk to the TARDIS. So it's like ten minutes yeah. of just walking around in silence. And then and then Jodie sits down at the steps and she's like, "Okay, wait. Okay, you can tell me now. I'm ready to listen." Um, yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, uh, but she they they gloss over pretty quick the Captain Jack stuff, mm-hmm. and then also Jodie's like, "Hey, uh, that the Ruth was me, by the way." And everyone's like, "What does that mean?" And she's like, "Ah, fucking, who gives a shit?" And they're like, "Oh, you're <laughs> right." And then the credits roll. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we had we had a question of why does Jodie still remember her encounter yeah. with Ruth? Because once you step away from a previous incarnation, you forget everything. It's, it's the way the show usually works. You just had a scene of the Master and Missy in last week's episode we covered where yeah. we talked about the same thing and then Chivnall forgets about it. <laughs> it's cool. It's pretty. It's a really big thing to forget about as well because it's such <laughs> a... Like, it, like, since Classic Who, that's been a mm-hmm. thing, hasn't it? Like, like they didn't remember yes. it in Classic Who. So like, and Chibnall's a big fan of Classic Who. How did but, he forget this? And the, pro- like, and the problem is, if Jodie Whittaker forgets about her encounter with Ruth, then there's no character arc because she she won't want to look for more answers. Like she, he wrote himself into a and, corner. And here. it also it will it will constantly like every episode where there's revealed that she had a secret past life is going to be brand new information for jody where she's going to be like whoa wait i have a secret past life there's another version of me and then she'll forget it when she like when she leaves and then she'll discover it again she'll be like, whoa whoa i have a secret past life like it's it's going to be a vicious cycle uh, it's, it's like, like 51st dates yeah yeah <laughs> um but this, this this scene kind of addresses uh character or or a arc or a plot arc that I wanted out of this season of a show where the companions do sit around and are like, Doctor, you've been keeping this a secret from us. You need to be open with us. We are here to help and all that. But it never really pays off because if you remember at the at the end of the Halloween apocalypse, Yaz is like, But Doctor, you're always keeping secrets from us. You need to tell us what's going on. It, it, it never resolves itself. The Doctor is never open with her companions, and it's still always an issue I have with the Jodie Whittaker era, because this is a season and a half in, and there's just no relationships going on. Yeah, it's it's miserable. But hey, the Doctor and Yaz are going to get together inexplicably, <laughs> so you feel the chemistry they have as they don't do anything uh, we also get a really fun te- funny tease at the end of this episode to set up praxius uh which is the episode that would have came out the week after this um mm-hmm. and what a fucking atrocious episode that is i think that's <laughs> the worst episode of series 12 oh it's up there with orphan 55 like they're they're neck and neck honestly um but oh God, there's yeah. there is a lot of earth episodes this season <laughs> there is there. indeed there what is do, what indeed. do we have what do we have this season i need to Spyfall 1 and 2, Orphan 55, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, mm-hmm. Fugitive of the Jadoon, Paraxius. Uh, so that is out of the first six episodes, five of them set on Earth. Um, All of them set on Earth. 
Orphan is 55, Orphan 55 is Earth. and Earth as well? Amazing. Yes. Okay. Remember so the twist at the end. It was, it was Earth all along. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy shit. Oh my god, that's such a bad episode. That's such a bad episode. I forgot that was the twist. And, yeah, it was okay. like, and that's the episode that ends where it's like, this doesn't have to be the future if you recycle. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the Haunting of Villa Diodati, that's on Earth. Can You Hear Me? That's in Sheffield and Syria, and also Deep Space, but still Earth. Ascension of the Cyberman, that's on Earth. Uh, the Timeless Children, that was Earth. <sighs> and then Gallifrey? Yeah. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, like the whole season's on Earth. <laughs> like... <laughs> And the whole season's on Earth, but different countries as well, because next episode is on three different continents for some reason. That's and it's where the, the really funny video, the really the, the iconic YouTube video came out, um, where it's like, oh, I'm the doctor and I'm in Peru. Oh, and now I'm in Madagascar. What a <laughs> what a massive budget we have. Like... Oh, but it's the same thing with fucking Spyfall. That's on it's in England, yeah. I mean, it's in Australia. It's like for no reason. It doesn't add anything to the episode. No. Yeah, it just yeah. I don't know. It's bad. Just bad. Just <sighs> bad. It's just, anyway, just some bad TV. That was fugitive. Thank God this tune. episode's over. Thank God <laughs> it's the end of this episode. Uh, I, 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 I'm not a fan of Fugitive of the Jadoon revisiting it uh mm. i would rate it probably like a three out of ten <laughs> if i was to go back if i was to go back and recast my vote in that forum i think <laughs> i would give it a three out of ten um, oh yeah um and, and it's it's partly not the episode's fault i this is an episode that mm. suffers from a lack of conclusion for the things it sets up you know yeah. like the episode as a bottle experiencing it for the first time is exciting the episode after knowing where everything goes is disappointing and upsetting and neither reason are the episode's fault itself at its core mm. this episode is really basic and kind of bland um you know and it's it's just it's a it's like whatever it's like a whatever episode that had some big <clears throat> ideas that go nowhere yeah it, it forgets to be an episode of doctor who it's just all set up whereas you know the pandorica opens as part one of a two-part story and the second part really delivers or not whereas this is just yeah. like this is a single episode of doctor who and it's just setting up stuff but never really pay off. <laughs> it forgets to have any character arc. I don't feel for Ruth or Lee or any of the companions or even the Doctor. The Doctor yeah. basically just stands around being like, what? I have a secret past. And it's <laughs> what she does all season. <laughs> that is, From here that's on out. She does all next, next season as well. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, I think I'd probably say it's a 3 out of 10 as well. It's, it's like some good shots here and there some good performances from joe martin and yeah um i i I, it's a shame it's from the writer from the demons of a punjab because that episode was really gripping really emotional stuff and this got hijacked by chris chibnall (laughs) it did indeed and that's really sad and hey oh at least doctor who might be good again it will Fingers be crossed. it's gonna be bad it's gonna be uh, what if it's bad though what if it's bad 
Um, <laughs> next week, we are looking at the news as it is the end of October somehow yes. already. Jesus Christ. Um, and it's been a pretty... Uh, it's been actually a massive month in Doctor Who news. There's oh, quite yeah. a, there, there's there's definitely some stories we need to cover. Um <laughs> So look forward to that. There's been some shenanigans happening, some oh some boy. silly shenanigans. Um, so I'm looking forward yeah. to putting together this document because there's so much to dive into. And most of the next, most of next week's episode will be like a preview of what is to come from the uh, 60th anniversary program, and we've got documentaries that just got announced, and the specials itself. We still don't know the dates. Fingers crossed that. We don't have to um, have any filler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. God, I don't know what we're gonna use for filler if we need filler. That's gonna be annoying. I've um, got an idea, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's the end of this episode. At least we will see you next week with the news. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, where you can watch this video in this video this podcast in video form at who watches who at uh, youtube.com slash at who watches who pod sorry we've been recording for like three hours straight uh <laughs> you can you can uh, see our lovely faces in video form we're also available in audio form wherever you get podcasts spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music there's an rss feed to plug us into your podcast app of choice we are on facebook at facebook.com slash who watches who and on x.com uh formerly known as twitter at watches doctor though like who uses that site anymore uh until then oh, you, I, I, you'll see... I, I know the name well, of one person who's using that site at the moment but it hasn't been on <laughs> for a while <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, until then we will see you next week bye, bye. <laughs>